Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage are with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Say no, home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it better. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. For whatever reason, there's a problem with the, how, with the way I say that. And I guess when, uh, when Billy Jack comes in at high noon Eastern, I'm going to call him out right there on the carpet. I'm only doing it the way they tell me to do it, Hickey. I'm going to tell you boys right now. I saw Twitter yesterday. I wasn't thrilled. So when Billy Jack comes in here, I'm going to have his ass. I wasn't going to start with this. Not with Billy Jack's ass. I'm I'm talking about something else. I wasn't going to start with this. I was thinking about this this morning. I I woke up very early looking over some stuff, and I saw the reports. The NFL Network came out with it. Pro Football Talks talking about it. A couple other people where there's a report that some general managers and coaches believe that Matt Stafford wants to be traded. I think that Matt Stafford's maybe the most interesting quarterback in the NFL. There's always been a weird relationship I've had with the Lions. And we get a lot of calls from Michigan. And when I watch the NFC North, I pay attention to Chicago because I I loved Mitch Trubisky. I didn't know how great he was going to be, but the family's great. He's great. I thought that, okay, he's got a really, really good shot to be good. Good arm, talent, the whole thing. And, It really hasn't materialized the way they wanted it to, but I watch a lot of Bears football. Watch a lot of Packers because it's the Packers. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's the Packers. The Vikings are an interesting football team in its own right, and there's always been this weird hole with the Lions where it's just like, meh. Like, they're the packing peanuts of the NFL, and I'm just, meh. So I went back, and it wasn't this morning. I've gone back because I wanted to make a – I know that they're drafting high. I wanted to make a damned concerted effort – to watch Lions football, to try to understand them the best I can, because I try to look at every single team in the league every single week. And if I wasn't watching them against one of those opponents, I was really glossing over the Lions. And it wasn't just this last year, because Matt Stafford was hurt. It's been over the last three, four years. You know, NFL.com and the Game Pass, they do a wonderful job with that. So I, I tried to make a concerted effort to watch Lions football. And it would still be... Just this this team that kind of washes over you. And you would look at Matt Stafford, and I still think when I watch him, even though I haven't been interested in Lions football in quite a long time, this week everybody's interested in Lions football because of Barry Sanders and Bernie Sanders, but regardless. 
I think Matt Stafford's the most interesting quarterback in the NFL. Last year, and I was working with Hickey at the time, so Hickey remembers this. I extrapolated his stats because I, I thought, and this was for a different discussion, I said that there's going to be a log jam for quarterbacks going to the Hall of Fame. Matt Stafford's stats, I extrapolated him over the next eight seasons. He was 10 years in. At the current time when I did this, 38,526 passing yards. If I put in eight more years, I take out the top two, I extrapolate them out. He'd be at 6747, 67,047 passing yards. That's fifth all time. His current touchdowns at the time I did it, 237. I extrapolate it for another two, eight years, take out the top two, round it out. 401 passing touchdowns. That would have been six all time. And I wrote in underneath probably seventh because Roethlisberger, again, Roethlisberger hadn't hurt his arm yet. I said, well, he's going to be behind Roethlisberger. So he's probably seventh all time. And this is by the time he were to retire. You know, Mahomes would go up other guys. But at this time, I said fifth all time, seventh all time. The playoffs, there's nothing there. But by stats, by pure stats, that those are Hall of Fame stats. That's a Hall of Famer, and he wouldn't get into the Hall of Fame. And I watched the Lions over the last few years, and I see, and I've seen him up close and personal, live on the football field, and I try to watch him on the sidelines. I think he's a pretty good leader. I think he's a pretty well-rounded individual in terms of being an adult, being somebody they can count on. I think he's been the. I think he's tried to be the type of franchise quarterback that that organization needs. Somebody who's dependable. He's a veteran. He's smart. He's got good arm talent. All that stuff's there, and he can't win anything when it actually comes down to it. And I had this discussion a few weeks ago in Cleveland. And I can you always bring up Cleveland? I'm just using this as an example. We kind of buttressed up against it. And there was a little report about Matt Stafford and the trade and what was going on. Bob Quinn came out, we're not trading Matt Stafford, you can go pound it with walnuts. And all of a sudden, callers started calling in. I'd trade for Matt Stafford. Remember, the Browns took Baker Mayfield two years ago. I'd trade for Matt Stafford. That's Those are the calls we were getting. And I go, man, you're going to give up on Baker Mayfield already for, for Matt Stafford? And I had to hearken back to, we get calls from Craig in Detroit and Bob in Lansing, Michigan, Ed in Lansing, Michigan. And, and you get people calling in going, hey, man, I'd, I'd like to trade Matt Stafford and see if we can get this thing going again. And you see where the Lions are drafting right now off a three eleven and whatever season. I mean, this is a three eleven and one season. Like you see where they're drafted now, and some people are going, Ken, it makes sense. Tua may very well not be there. Maybe Justin Herbert would be there. Maybe it, you, you want to get nuts. Let's get nuts. Maybe we want to go after Jordan Love by the time it's all set. I mean, people are going nuts. Maybe they could trade up with Washington and go after Tua Tagovailoa if that were the case. Maybe they can make a move and do that. The Dolphins are lying in the weeds. Remember, if you don't have the first overall pick, it's all a conversation. I know maybe Washington fan would want to get in and go, hey, you know what, I'd like in on this Tua experience too. I'm not really excited about Dwayne Haskins. We can have that conversation, but this isn't the conversation I'm having right now. He's 32 years old. He's a veteran. He's got talent. I think he's shown good leadership. He, he, he's been smart. I think he's done a lot of things. And again, if I just expand the numbers through the rest of his career, Those are Hall of Fame numbers, folks. He's not a Hall of Famer, but those numbers would say he has a bust in Canton. 
I think he is the most interesting quarterback in the NFL. Other guys have hardware. Like, there's some guys where they don't have a whole lot of yards. They might not have a whole lot of stats, but, God, they're known for winning. Some guys are known for stats. They got the whole thing. We call them legends. We call them walking legends. There's guys who are bad. We wonder why their star has fallen. There's guys who are serviceable. We wonder how they've been in the league for so long. And I see Matt Stafford, and I go, how have you fallen through the cracks? No more Calvin Johnson, I know. The organization has been a little dicey here and there. They've tried to put together a defense. That's been they, they seem to be, when I look at the Lions, they seem to be in a perpetual state of rebuild. Perhaps you disagree. But when I see them, they, it's just this, this cyclical thing of, well, are we all in? Are we all out? Can we compete for the division? Well, we seem to play in the same division as the Packers, and, and people expect the Packers to be good. And the Bears came out of nowhere. They were able to show you a couple years ago that you could compete. Your quarterback's better than his than theirs. I think he's the most interesting quarterback in the NFL. I didn't even mean to start with this. But if you're a Lions fan, he's 32 years old. You're drafting high. I would look at and wonder, would somebody trade up to Washington? Go after that quarterback. Hickey, yes or no right now, do you think Washington is a a target to be traded for a quarterback? Yes. Okay, that's all I wanted. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't stupid and nuts. So if you're sitting there in that top five spot, in your Detroit, you get Matt Stafford back. He's 32. He's not the oldest person in the world. You get a Chase Young, maybe Isaiah Simmons. You rocking and rolling then, or is it just, you know what, Ken, I, I, I hear what you're saying. He's a good guy, and I know you're trying to make a good argument, but it's time to move on. I, it, he is perplexing. Because when I watch Matt Stafford, that's a franchise quarterback. And I've been racked with calls before. No. We're moving on. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. There's another thing that, that struck my mind, and this is what I really wanted to start out with today. If Tom Brady's really leaving, if he's really leaving New England, then Bill Belichick wins. If you listen to this show without any regularity, you know I love Tom Brady. I bring up Tom Brady nearly as much as I bring up Cleveland. I don't think he should trust anyone else with himself than Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Head coach, Bill beats Gruden, Bill beats Rabel. Yeah, save your playoff thought. Bill beats Rabel, Bill beats Anthony Lynn. Offensive coordinator, McDaniels, I'll take him over Arthur Smith, Greg Olson. I'll take him over, I'll take him over Shane over there in, 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 in L.A. with the Chargers. Owner, Kraft over all three of those guys. Mark Davis, Mark Davis can't even find a haircut. I know that Robert Kraft wears some bad shirts from the 1990s, and yeah, he might have been caught in massage parlors. Fine. I'd still take him over Mark Davis, who dresses like a giant infant. I'd still take him over Amy Adams Strunk, who is actually a, a pretty good owner, if I, if I can say so myself. Maybe some people in Tennessee would disagree. I think she's done a pretty fine job. I would take him over anybody with the last name that they have with the Chargers, without a doubt. I would take Robert Kraft's corpse. I would take Robert Kraft in the middle of what he got caught at down in Florida over anything that has to do with the Chargers. Organizationally, the Pats are run like the mob. I would take the Pats over the Raiders, over the Titans, over the Chargers any day. These are just the top three teams. I know people go, Ken, what about the Packers? Please. What about the Giants? I think that's silly. Kurt Warner thinks it's silly as well. 
Personnel? Okay, that's where you got me. Titans, Chargers, if I just look at what they have right now, Titans, Chargers, Pats, Raiders, fine. I know they're third in that list. But if I think about Tom Brady, if if, if you predict the future, if he wins with the Pats, the dynasty continues. If he wins with anyone else, it would be tremendous for him personally. He's already the best who ever played the position. You can try to argue it, stop. He's already the best that ever played the position. It would be throwing on extra icing on top of an already wonderful cake. I can't stop a man who's at 43 years old looking for the new challenge. I can't stop him from thinking about, what if I were actually able to do it with another team? What if I did go to Tennessee and played with Mike Vrabel and a couple of pretty good guys on defense and that offensive line and that running back? Good God almighty, that running back. And if I go back and I beat a team out in the AFC East, I take care of the AFC South, and then I take care of the AFC East and I go back to a Super Bowl, with Vrabes, with all those guys, what could possibly be? I know he's dreaming, but at 43 years old, folks, you have to protect against the backslide. You have to think about legacy. His legacy's already fine. I'm not trying to make a big deal about Namath at the end or, or Unitas at the end. We don't remember that. We don't remember Franco Harris with the Seahawks. We remember legends for their greatness. Jerry Rice, we think about Montana to Rice. We think about young to Rice. We think of Super Bowls. We, we don't consider he's trying to hold on with the Denver Broncos. No one's thinking of that. So I don't want to make too big a deal. But if you lose, if you lose with the Pats, you know, it's the end of something that may very well we never see again. You lose with anybody else, you look old, you look decrepit, you look desperate. Because I think Bill wins. If you're the New England Patriots and Tom Brady is gone, how many quarterbacks come running to you? How many quarterbacks go to their front office and say, go ahead and make this trade now? I know that you got to get what's best for your franchise. Make this trade as soon as you possibly can. Andy Dalton should be over at Mike Brown's house. I want to hold on. I want one more year. I want to see what I can do. I think that Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, and I know personnel, they don't have a whole lot left. There's not a whole lot left for the New England Patriots. I get it. The offensive line guys might be going. Still, you could open up some some opportunities for cap space if Tom Brady's gone, but this is another conversation. Derek Carr, fine. Go ahead and trade me. Derek Carr's brother, who's a loudmouth, fine. Go ahead and trade my brother. Come on, Mark. You dressed in a giant onesie. Come on. Get out of your crib, make the trade, send my brother, send me out to New England. His legacy, for Tom, his legacy would still be intact, but it would just feel in that moment, man, you left, and it's just a, it's a different feeling. If he's still wearing the Patriots uniform and they lose to the Bills, say the Bills win the AFCs for the first time in umpteen years, anybody else really, uh, if the Bills win the AFCs for the first time in umpteen years, it would still be disappointing. We could still say, man, he's old. He's over the hill. They don't have as much weapons anymore. Like, it could still look bad, but it's still him in a jersey. It's a legend. I still can call that guy a legend. But if it's Tom Brady in another uniform, you look like you're really desperate if you fail. He's a confident person. He believes he will be successful. But there has to be a voice in the back of his head telling him, boy, I got to be careful. But I also have to think of the backslide of this as well and go, maybe Bill doesn't even want him back. 
because if you're the Patriots, maybe you'd be on your ass for a year or two. Bill's still as sharp as anything. McDaniels looks like he is there for life, a la Mr. Burns and Homer Simpson. I can't see the Patriots being down for very long. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. you have a thought on Matt Stafford, go ahead and hit me with it. But what should Tom do? Or really, what should Bill do? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up in less than 20 minutes, we've got the great B.J. Armstrong. He'll join us. We'll talk NBA with him, three-time NBA champion, NBA analyst, NBA agent. Eric Edholm will join us in just over an hour and 20 minutes. Yahoo Sports NFL writer also covers the NFL draft. Five burning questions at 1220. I didn't name this garbage. I'm going to let everybody know. Coming up at 1.20 p.m. Eastern. Go, you got to say it, Hickey. Are you kidding me? You're really you throwing it. me under the bus right away? Yes. Yes. To be fair, you forced a name creation. We could have just done the segment talking about different team needs. For That's not what we do here. You forced Tell a name everybody the name. Me. Tell everybody the name. NFL Scouting Carmbine. I like Anthony it. Pierno, we go to you. Your thoughts? Um, not good. Um, but I will say this. It's your show. You're the host, so why didn't you just change it if you weren't happy? Because with I'm it? gonna be completely honest with you, it's so bad I kinda like it. It's so bad I kinda like it. That's why. I saw that. He had other ideas for it too. Hickey had other ideas, Pierno. I had three other names in Can there. We go before, through all the names. Let's before I get to the phone, he had he had Carmen's draft corner. Carmen's call, NFL scouting Carmbine. I went, that's the one. Genius. NFL scouting Carmbine's the best. That's what we're calling it. 1.20 p.m. Eastern, it's the NFL scouting Carmbine. And we're doing the NFL scouting Carmbine every week until the NFL draft. You ready for that, Pierno? I'm thrilled. I cannot wait. Me neither. 855-2124-CBS. I got to get to Jason in Florida. He's a Lions fan. I think you ought to hold on to Matt Stafford. I know that it's become a conversation. I think they ought to hold on. What's Jason in Florida think? Go ahead. What's up, my man? How are you? I'm doing horrible, Jason. Thank you very much for the call. <laughs> Happy Saturday to you anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. So listen, man. So Staff's my guy, 100%. Uh, the Ford family is an absolute disaster. Old man Ford couldn't run the team. Uh, old woman Ford can't run the team. To your point, if you look at the guy's numbers, especially this past season, and I had to do it while I was on hold waiting, you know, after I talked to your guy. 2,500 yards in, in eight games, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions. We got that one game robbed from us on Monday Night Football against Green Bay. We were 4-3-1 and one basically before he got hurt. And then 0-8 the rest of the season with the exact same squad minus maybe a receiver. So, you know, you got to put on Patricia. You know, if Bob Quinn takes – Tua or any quarterback, frankly, if he doesn't if he doesn't trade down twice and stockpile the rest of the team and, and fill the holes that really are the problems, keep Slay. You know, staff's not the problem, man. He, the guy is a stud. He's basically our generation's Dan Marino. Unfortunately, can't get a team around him. No playoff wins, granted, but you know he's a winner. Oh, uh, he's 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 solid. Yeah, I I think I agree. Jason, I, I just flat out I agree, and it's it's and I'm glad, and I thank you very much for the call because he's a Lions fan. He's from Florida. We get calls from people in Michigan. Nah, Ken, I think we got to move on from this. He's 32 years old. 
He's just had an injury, and I think, man, these guys don't just fall off of trees. I know what I get with Matt Stafford. I get a professional franchise quarterback. You know, somebody even came after me and goes, well, Ken, you say Mark, you say Mark Davis dress, dresses like an infant, looks like a, like, looks like a giant baby, and he does. Well, what about the Ford family? Now, I'm nice to 90-something-year-old women. Uh, granted, what Owen tweets at me, you got it right. I got a little bit wrong there. I'm overly nice to 90-plus-year-old women. But I think also Matt Stafford, she hasn't been that great of an owner. Uh, she's left guys. The Ford family has left people in charge there for a little bit too long. They've not given other people enough time. It, it's been this weird hodgepodge, and I think without Matt Stafford, it would look even worse than what it is. If I can look at the Lions and just kind of go, meh, instead of, my God, what a burning dumpster fire, that's the Matt Stafford dif- difference. Doesn't mean that he's all of a sudden he's the greatest thing ever, but he's been able to cover up because of his play, because they haven't been so terrible. He's been able to cover up a lot of horrific, poor decisions by the Detroit Lions over the last decade. Because you always look at the Lions and go, well, they got Matt Stafford. So if you if you put an offensive line in front of Matt Stafford, if you give him a couple of more weapons after Calvin Johnson gets hurt, or Calvin Johnson retires, like you could always start that with the baseline. If you're Detroit right now, if you're thinking quarterback whatsoever, you got to go up and you got to talk to Washington. Washington's the key. I think the Redskins right now, People are making that argument, and if I was at 106.7 in, in, in D.C., I'd be beating that drum every single day. I don't know about Dwayne Haskins, and some of the stories are starting to leak, which might be a little bit convenient for the Redskins there. Uh, some of the stories are, are, are leaking now with the Redskins. They got new team president. They have a new head coach. You have Dan Snyder, who's willing to do anything to try to make those things, make it easy on those guys, pay anybody, do whatever he has to do. If I were on in D.C. every single day, I'd be beating the drum going, I got a good young guy and two attack of Iloa. I don't got to do anything with with Dwayne Haskins if I don't want to, if I really believe in that quarterback. And I like to. If he's healthy, they say he is. I really like that guy. I think he's almost as much of a leader or just as much of a leader as Joe Burrow. He has a great background, good talent. I don't need to worry about the talent. I don't think I need to worry about him as an adult at the number two pick. I'd make that argument. If you want to go with Haskins again, I can take a defensive end, but I can also do a little bit of a trade down and get one of these other teams to get up there and bite, maybe even including Detroit. 855-2124-CBS. I'll get back to Brady coming up here in a bit. Up next, B.J. Armstrong. He talks NBA with us. Three-time NBA champ, NBA analyst, NBA agent. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227. It's sponsored by Geico. Whether you own or rent, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance together. Having a home is hard work, so get a quote at geico.com. It's easy. I was listening to Justin Shackle's update. Clippers are back on track. They're healthy. They're 40 and 19. They're right there with the Nuggets. I think they'll be right there with the Lakers as well. Kawhi saying the sky's the limit. Everybody's kumbaya. And it was weird because there was a storyline about a month ago about how there was infighting. These guys don't know how to handle these types of expectations. I got to go to somebody I know who knows how to handle these types of expectations. A guy who played on a team with these types of expectations. Multiple-time NBA champion, NBA analyst, agent. Find him on Twitter at BJ Armstrong. BJ Armstrong joins us on the show this morning. BJ, thanks for joining us. Man, thank you for having this this uh, this morning, BJ. Anything when you heard about the Lakers throughout this year, save the last couple of weeks, but or excuse me, the Clippers, the Clippers. 
when you heard about the Clippers throughout this year, some of the stuff, well, the locker room isn't, uh, there's not a whole lot of cohesion. Does that remind you of your time at all with the Bulls? Well, you know, look, there's a lot of chatter and there's a lot of things going on. And, and of course, you know, the one thing that you understand when you're making a championship run is that winning covers a multitude of sins. And when you lose a game or two, especially when there are high expectations like we have there in Clipper Nation, you know, there's, there's going to be some outside talk. But let's make no doubt about it. They have excellent leadership. Um, you know, Jerry West has been there. Doc Rivers has been there. Kawhi Leonard has been there. So they are well-equipped to handle this storm, and I think it's, those are things that's going on outside of the locker room. But those guys have been through tough times. They understand what this league is about. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And I think they, they are prepared to do whatever is necessary to win, to win the final game of the season. You know, it's February 29th. Uh, I, I don't know because, again, you brought up the veterans. Is this the time you begin to kick if you're the Clippers, or are they still kind of figuring a couple of things out like you're talking about here? Well, the one thing that you do as a veteran is you, you begin to really execute your role and the, the part that you're going to have to play to make a, uh, make a championship run. And what you're seeing now are players beginning to fulfill what they think um, as a group that's going to give them the best chance to win an NBA title, right? You see Paul George beginning to assert himself on the offensive end. You're seeing Marcus Morris. You're seeing all of their veteran players begin to say, you know what, I got to do what I got to do and not get my minutes, but I got to work my minutes because now everyone is going to have to extend time. You know, Kawhi Leonard is going to have to extend his minutes for a playoff run. Paul George, Marcus Morris, you know, uh, all of the players that they have there are going to have to begin to do that, and that requires that they get out there on the court and be able to get in the minutes and the reps that's necessary. So I think people now are taking their step games up mentally, and they're beginning to fulfill what they, you know, set out to do from the, from the beginning of the season. The great B.J. Armstrong with us on the show. Giannis, when he was picking his, his all-star team, he was joking when he was talking about James Harden. James Harden to Rachel Nichols wasn't joking, it seemed, when he was talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, I don't want you to hang up on me. In a weird roundabout way, I can kind of see where James Harden is coming from because he's maybe saying, I don't have the physical gifts Giannis has, so maybe I have to work a little bit harder. Well, I think a, a lot is being made about about nothing. You know, yeah. as a player, what do you want? What do you want another player to say if something happens? Right? Of course, you're going to take on the competitive spirit. Of course, he, he's got to respond. So I, I think it's very unfortunate that this has to play itself out in the public's eye. It's like, who is the best player in the game? What do you want them to say? Someone else? You want you, you want that competitive edge? And right now. As we mentioned earlier, you know, these guys are looking for every edge that they can possibly get. I have no doubt about it that there is mutual respect on both ends. They both understand how tough it is to carry a team. They both understand their responsibility that their team needs them and if they're going to advance and do the things that they're all setting out to do. So to me, I just look at it as this is just guys talking, trying to get an edge on one another, and certainly – you want your stars to lead lead the charge, if you will, and um, no one's backing down as they should be. I love it. I love the competitive spirit. 
But the one thing that I do know as, a, as an ex-player, and, and I think those players understand it, whatever they're saying right now is outside of the lines. Everything they're talking about is going to be settled inside those lines, and somebody's got to play basketball, and those two guys have to play and then um, go out there and do it on the floor. You know, your active career, it ended 20 years ago this summer, and because you're obviously still active with the players, you've seen what it was like in the 90s. You've seen what it's like now. How much has things changed when coaching young guys between the 1990s and 2020 and beyond? Well, the one thing that has changed is the inexperience that the players are coming in with today as compared to, you know, that generation. Um, most of the guys were coming in with, you know, two, three, four years of experience. Many of the players that were coming from Europe had, you know, they were coming in probably 25, 26 years of age. So you had a more experienced player. Today's players coming in with, you know, one and done. Many of them now are going abroad, and I think when you look at the game, you're just you're coaching a very inexperienced player. You obviously you see the talent, you see the athleticism. Uh, you take for instance, you see the athleticism in, with Zion. You see uh, Ben Simmons. You see what they can do physically, but it just takes time to mature. So I now you're seeing in today's game more emphasis on you know really developing players. That's why every team now is spending so much time saying the developmental process is key and vital to an organization's success. I think that the media creates some of these stars and puts them on. I think the media passes the torch. We're watching Zion. He's still a bit chunky. I think it makes me that much more excited because he'll have an offseason to work on the body, get himself ready, get really going in New Orleans. Is he, you're going to kill me for this, is he the next LeBron? (laughs) You're going to kill me, I know. Go ahead and kill me. Go ahead. Well, no, I, 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 say what, I, I tell you what he is. You know, he's a very intriguing athlete because physically we're looking at an athlete. That, I mean, if, if you be very frank, we haven't seen an athlete with this size move the way he's moving. I mean, he's very intriguing. You're kind of like intrigued because we haven't seen a player with this type of athleticism at the size he is. I mean, he's, what, 6'6 six, six or so, 280 pounds. And, okay, of course, he can, you know, his first jump is amazing. But the most impressive thing is his second and third jump. His ability to repeat what he's doing at a man his size is incredible. And then as a as a former athlete, I'm looking at him going, he's doing all of this, my friend, without training camp. So he's not even in the proper condition that he needs to be in to be playing this well and somehow some way he's playing exceptionally well late in the season so you know physically you have to marvel at his gifts you have to see his impact on the game and you can see they're making a push they're better with him in the lineup and he is that type of athlete who really has an impact on the game even though he may not be in the condition that we know he probably needs to be in but give him credit. He is playing. He's working through it. And more importantly, you know, he uh, he's making a contribution late into the season. B.J. Armstrong with us on the show. Because I've made the argument before because so many people went, like last year. Now, you're an agent. So, again, you might slap me in the face for this. But <laughs> they were going, well, he should be playing in Europe. He should be being paid. And I go, man, Duke and their connection to Nike basketball before the shoe broke. But their connection to Nike basketball he himself, there's such a big thing like that. I thought him going to a name brand like Duke, that was the investment in the future, not not a team in Lithuania. 
I thought that this was this was the major investment. He's already savvy with the media. He's already has endorsement deals. Uh, I know New Orleans isn't the greatest NBA market. I understand that, but I don't want to go down that road just yet. He's he's still a rookie for crying out loud. I just think that we do this where we take a guy and no matter what, I'm going to put him at that level. Michael, Kobe, LeBron, Zion. Does that make any sense? Well, of course, you know, we're always comparing and that's what makes sports great, right? We we love the barbershop talk. We love the the the, the confrontations and, and the arguments. That's, you know, and let's face it, you know, you know, one of the things when you see great athletes, right, who was saying Jordan was going to be Jordan back when he came into the league, right? Who was saying that many of these players, Steph Curry, for instance, no one, I didn't hear anyone saying Steph Curry was, perhaps going to be the greatest shooter or one of the greatest shooters to ever play, you know, you, 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 you watch it. And all of a sudden now we have something to compare, you know, when you watch these kids like Zion, you see something new and you go, you're just intrigued. I'm, I'm just as intrigued watching him play than anyone because we haven't seen a player like that. And yes, of course he went to Duke and we know the history of, of, of coach K and, and the Duke tradition and all those things. But most importantly, we're seeing an athlete that he's not playing against collegiate players. He's playing against professional players. And this young man is doing what he's doing against all-stars. I mean, he's playing against Anthony Davis and so forth and so on, and he's going out there making an impact. And uh, I think that's very impressive. And, you know, when you see it, you know, uh, like everyone else, I'm, I'm, I'm tuned in just like everyone else to see what he can actually do against professional basketball players. Steve Kerr was pretty upset just the other day. Um, I mean, this has not been the type of season that anybody thought. I, I mean, I, I knew that it was going to be a little bit rougher. I didn't realize it was going to be this rough without Steph and all the other things. What's going through Steve's mind right now? Well, I, Steve has been around. That's the one thing. Steve has been around. He's, he's seen the ups and downs of this league. And I think, like most, you appreciate the good times and you appreciate the rough times. And right now I think Steve Kerr is learning about himself as a coach Um, because a lot of times when you're playing with the expectations of winning a championship, there's a small room, there's a small, you know, room for error that you have right now. I think Steve Kerr will be an even better coach from this experience because now he has to find a way every single night to get his team to play because they're undermanned, right? They just don't have the talent. And it's no disrespect to those guys that are going out there fighting because they're out there fighting and you can see they're playing hard. But, they're, you know, you don't lose a Steph Curry. You don't lose a Klay Thompson and all of a sudden, you know, still expect to win games. Um, um, I think he will be a better coach because of it. I think he will be a better leader. But more importantly, uh, your appreciation for winning because winning in this league is hard. It's a very difficult thing. And they had, they've had a great team for the last five or six years, and uh, they've been able to compete, go to the finals, and suddenly now you find out what the other teams in this league know. It's tough. And uh, I don't think anyone is feeling sorry for the Warriors. You know, they've been the, one of the top teams, if not the best team in the league, for the last five years. So um, this is what the NBA is, is like. And um, I certainly went through the same thing. I played there in Chicago for many years, and suddenly when I was traded, I was like, oh, this is what it looks like. And you learn a lot about yourself. So I, I think in looking back on it, he will be better because of this experience, but it's tough to go through. Give me a player right now who'd make a hell of an agent. A 
heck of an agent. Wow. Um, that's tough, you know, because the, the business is constantly changing, right? I never mm-hmm. dreamed in a million years that I was going to be an agent. Um, but what brought me here was the fact that I, I had so many questions as a player um, that I, you know, I was like, you know what? If I could be there to help answer some of those questions, I think one of the best probably agents would be was probably LeBron James because of his ability to recruit, his ability to have relationships and establish relationships. Because um, you see the business now moving more into relationships more than anything. You know, in our generation, you didn't talk to players. And in, in this generation, not only do you have relationships with the players, you know, they're trading jerseys after the game. They're doing things. And I think LeBron James <laughs> is – is I think that's where he thrives. He thrives in building relationships and his ability to recruit, I think is in his ability to really establish a community. And you can see his leadership style, you know, guys have fun and guys play and uh, he's all about that. And I think he would be terrific, especially in today's game with today's kids. BJ, I can't thank you enough, my friend. Find this guy on Twitter, BJ Armstrong. Hopefully the rest of the year is great for you. Fruitful. Hope to run you down again at some point in time very soon. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, BJ Armstrong, three-time NBA champion, NBA analyst, and agent. You could I, people are already listening. He's got Rich Paul. He already is an agent. Okay, fine, whatever. I think it's going to be weird if LeBron goes to be an owner because he is a champion of the players, and if he goes to be an owner, it's going to be a lot different. Michael Jordan, there's a big difference between when Michael Jordan was the player and when Michael Jordan now is is an owner, and a, and a principal one at that. LeBron goes into ownership. He's going to see it from the other side of the table. I think it would be a lot different. If he were to own an agency, stop with the Rich Paul. Got it. I know. If he were to own an agency, Ken Rich, I got it. I know. But if it were to be LeBron's agency, not Ken, Rich Paul, I, okay, I got it, I know. If he were to own one, boy, he'd do some damage. BJ's right about that. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, well, coming up in about 20 minutes, Big Brother found a new way to track you. Also, you're going to call me a hater. I just don't believe it, and neither should the Steelers. And, yes, I know, you keep saying I'm forgetting about Giannis. No. No, I'm not. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.